Warning, this podcast involves discussions of a spooky and graphic nature not suitable for children or the faint of heart. Strong language and mature content is present. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey Spooksters and welcome back to another episode here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Tara and as always I am joined with my favorite ghoul friend Jessica. Wingapo. Yes, it's brought back. It's brought back. (laughs) You guys don't know this, except the person that messaged us. Someone messaged us and telling us how her and her friend always said that to each other (laughs) and asked if we could bring that merch back. So we're going to work on that. But today we are bringing you another patron select. This episode is going out to our patron, Ashley. If you would like to have your own dedicated episode, you can go to the Spookster Club on patreon.com slash three spooked girls. And starting at our tenor higher tears, you get a whole episode dedicated to you and a topic in our realm of area of talkingness to choose from. <laughs> Sorry, of talkingness. That's the best description ever. <laughs> I was going to say expertise, but I had imposter syndrome set in really quickly. So I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I am not an expert. I just know a lot about this topic. <laughs> oh, God. But today I'm going to be talking about the Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. And it is located at 5900 West Midlothian Turnpike in Midlothian, Illinois, which is a southwest suburb of Chicago. And this is noted to be one of the most haunted cemeteries in the world, which I just have to laugh at that, though, because I feel like every time we do a cemetery house building, they swear it's the most haunted one in the world. (laughs) So could you imagine, you know how like if someone says this is the best coffee in the world, people challenge that and have like actual experts go and taste the coffee and rate it? Yeah. Could you imagine if that's how like spooky world works where people are like, this is the most haunted house. Zach Bagans came up and was like, "Mm, you know, it doesn't quite all the checks in my boxes. So you are like a mild haunted house. That actually, when you said coffee, that made me think of Elf when he goes into that (laughs) diner. (laughs) And he's like, it's the crappy cup of Joe. No, it's the world's best cup of coffee. Oh, God. Anyways, okay, back on track now. So, yes, Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. So this land was originally settled back in the 1820s by New England settlers, followed shortly by settlers from Europe, more specifically Germany, in the 1840s. Bachelor Grove is also said to be one of the oldest cemeteries in Cook County with an original 82 plots and one acre in size. And it was located in the Bremen Township. The cemetery and the whole area was said to have been found by Edward M. Everdeen or Everden 
And no surprise, that was the original name of this area and that cemetery. So it was Everden Cemetery. One of the noteworthy settlers as we enter the 1830s to 1840s was Stephen Rexford. There is some argument on where the name of Bachelor's Grove came from, but according to him, it was due to the fact that he and three other bachelors, so single men, had settled in this area and it was basically a way to pay homage to that name. Interesting enough, this specific plot did go through a fuck ton of name changes. When I was reading it, I was writing each one down each and every time, but it was like seven or eight times all before the 1900s even came. So I was like, Jesus, we're not doing that, guys. That's not what we're here for. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just like start down a rabbit hole and you're like, oh, okay, this is the most indecisive group of people. They're all together. Yeah, because like in this time, basically what I was reading was like, you know, when a post office would come up, that would reflect the chain, the name change sometimes, too, because, you know, there's like post office kind of meant like this is a town now or a township type of thing. So there was a lot of like back and forth. And then it was the bachelor's grow for a while. And then it changed again. And it was just a whole thing. <laughs> And as far as the bachelor's name goes, there's another story on the origin of the name that says it actually came from the, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, the Batch Leader family who had settled in the area, were like kind of like one of the early people there as well. But they had moved over to Rich Township. And as you guys can imagine, things weren't always documented the greatest during this time. So I'll let you be the judge on however you think this name came about. I like the one of the four bachelors personally. And some other fun facts about Stephen is that in 1843, he actually initiated the first post office in the area of Bachelors Grove. And in 1850, he was also responsible for the naming of Cook County Township governments, which Cook County still exists today. So pretty neat, pretty neat. And the first documented burial was on August 16th, 1835 for William B. Nobles. And this actually would not come to light until almost 100 years later. This would get published in the Blue Island Sun Standard in 1938. And another burial that's brought up a lot as one of the earlier ones, and until the discovery of William was thought to be the earliest one, was of Eliza Scott in November of 1844. So the reason I bring this up is because when you're reading about this, there's always arguments of when people started settling. But like I said, they think that people started settling in this area as early as like the teens of the 1800s to the 1820s. It just built up more once the German settlers came in the 40s and whatnot. Makes sense. And there was numerous people buried here over the years, the last two being Laura and McGee in 1965-ish, and then Robert E. Shields was the actual last one in 1989, and he was buried at his family plot there in Bachelors Grove because most of the people who were buried here, they were family members or descendants of the early settlers in the plot or town. I don't know which to really call it. Sorry, someone's probably screaming. It's fine. Um Or it was also noted that a lot of Civil War vets ended up buried here as well. So kind of a little interesting tidbit. And like how there was a bunch of name changes, the ownership of the property would go through a few hands. So I mentioned Edward Everden earlier, who he had it, and then he sold it in 1864 to Frederick Schmidt. 
And then the last, quote, independent owner, as they put it, would be Clarence Fulton, who had family who was a part of the early settlers, too. And then in terms of these early settlers, when I was reading on them, it was really interesting because a lot of articles acknowledged that those that formed this area, they said they helped shape Chicagoland into what it is today. So, you know, that's cool. That's cool. But now we're going to start getting on the darker side of things, friends, because we know that's why we're here. So if you're into true crime, you obviously know there's this whole interesting category of organized crime. No. (laughs) And if you are into that area of true crime, this might sound familiar to you as I'm talking about it. And the reason for that is this was rumored to have been part of the dumping grounds for bodies of mob victims or people who were involved in things went bad. And uh, now next to this plot, there's a lake. And I don't know if we talked about this lake or not when we did our Valentine's Day massacre episode. Maybe, maybe not. But this was a rumored area for Al Capone to dump bodies at. Oh, that's nice. Yes, he would dump bodies apparently right off this turnpike. So uh, not not the best juju going on around this area. And now we're going to fast forward to like the 1940s to 1950s and so on. So as towns in the city of Chicago start to develop, this area becomes more abandoned, less people live there and all the sketchy mob shit's happening. And also with the fact that where the cemetery is, it's it's pretty remote. From my understanding, you have to like nowadays, you have to go on this like trail and walk to get to it. So it's not like super, super easy access. Uh. So it's a little bit out there. But with that, it actually during this time turned into like a lover's lane type of situation. Always. And also a place for teens to party. It's always a lover's lane. It's like it was required for every town. And this started to kind of like pick up some more teen traffic as we went into the 60s and 70s. And sadly with that, people began to be assholes and would dig up graves and desecrate them and knock over gravestones and break them and all kinds of terrible, terrible shit. And it was also rumored that since this was around, you know, the time of satanic panic, that people were actually holding satanic rituals out at the cemetery as well. But of course, when you read on that, they're like, oh, there's no actual proof, so we'll mention it. But I'm like, "Mm, it happened. I guarantee it. (laughs) (laughs) But those in the paranormal industry who talk about this place believe that, yes, it most definitely did. And that plus all the disrespect that happened probably factored in into awakening the spirits that are there and causing this area to be as active as it is. I mean, makes total sense. I wouldn't want someone fucking with my grave either. I'd be pissed. Right. It's not nice. Right? And like I said, Clarence Fulton had owned this at one point during this time. And he had said that before it went really downhill, that families would actually come out here to, you know, visit their loved ones who had passed and whatnot and even like hang out in the area because it's like in a forest and picnic or fish. And he even said some people swam in that lake. But I'm like, if there was the mob things, oh, fuck no, because I don't want to swim and be like touch a dead body. So girl, you swam in Black Butte. You know that Shit was dumped in there. (laughs) I know, but this is nowhere near as big as Black Butte, so... (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like, just kidding. 
<laughs> and of course, with like, you know, all of the sketchy stuff going on and just like all the vandalism and everything, people stopped coming and a lot actually moved their family members to a different cemetery as well because like... Um, I can't remember the exact year, but the turnpike would get shut down and things like that, too. So it was like access plus it's sketchy. So I get it. Then the cemetery trustees of the Cook County Board took over ownership in 1976. And the cemetery is actually now part of the Forest Preserve Bachelor Grove Woods. And with that, you can visit it, but it has to be during the day. So only sunrise to sunset, according to the website. And if you try to go at night, that's going to be a no-go because you will either be fined and or arrested. And if I remember in Ashley's message, I'm pretty sure she said like during this time frame, like they really crack down on it because like people try to go because it's spooky season, you know. I don't know if they can go at all or what, but according to the website, you can go during the day. And when I was, <laughs> it was like a TripAdvisor website also that I looked on with people leaving their reviews and they were like, yes, daytime type of thing. But spooky stuff, spooky stuff. Let's get into that. So the first kind of creepy thing that I was reading about was the disappearing car or the phantom car. So these encounters mainly happened in the 70s, pretty much. And there had been multiple reports from people driving late at night that they had seen a car pull over on the side of the turnpike close to the cemetery. And they would say that, you know, they'd drive on past, you know, whatever, letting the people do what they want. And they'd look in their rearview mirror and no car. Nothing would be there. That's scary. Right. And some of the drivers said they would, you know, like U-turn to turn back to like go double check for one to make sure the people are okay and didn't like go in, a, I don't know, a ditch or something probably. But nothing, nothing there. And there was really nowhere to go. And other drivers said that they would have like a vehicle come up behind them like really quickly and then pass them just to get off the road, which is kind of weird because it's like if no one's behind you and you want to get off the road, you'd get off the road. And then kind of same thing, like this car would have, you know, been way up ahead. And when they get to where they saw them pull off, nothing. And again, nowhere for the car to go, like, where they couldn't see it. So, little weird. Interesting. Yes. And then actually, one more that was interesting as well with this phantom car is that a couple actually said they were in an accident with it, saying that they were at the corners of Central Avenue and the Turnpike. And they said that they looked, you know, both ways to make sure no one was coming and whatnot. And they, you know, took their turn. Whether it was left or right, we don't know because it wasn't in where I found the story. And out of nowhere, they said came a, quote, speeding brown sedan racing in the direction of the cemetery and then crashes into this couple's car. Like, they felt it. They heard it. So, of course, they stop and they get out of their car to see, like, what the fuck happened. And one, the car's gone. And two, there was no damage on their vehicle at all. So they're like, what the fuck? From what I was reading, it was like a serious type crash that something should have happened. And what was interesting with this phantom car was that as we enter the 80s, these reports seem to stop. There's no more encounters pretty much in more current times. So that one's interesting. And another spooky thing that happens a lot is called the blue light phenomena. This is said to be the most documented paranormal activity and that essentially, long story short, it's orbs that come up. And it said that like it's not just in pictures. They can see them in person and they are said to roam the entire graveyard area. And you can find them in the cemetery itself, over by the pond, and then on the pathway that I talked about earlier. 
some people have reported that they think these are intelligent spirits because they seem to respond to movement. And reports of these, of the orbs, have came from all the way from the 60s through now. So kind of a popular find. Now, this next one, I was skeptical when I first was watching something on this, but, you know, you can judge yourself. This next one is called The White Lady or White Madonna or Woman on the Stone. She has a bunch of different names. So this spirit is usually seen by the Fulton family headstone, and they described her as a semi-transparent apparition who openly sobs because basically she's looking for her infant daughter. Some people have said that they have heard her asking, like, where's my daughter type of thing. And others have also said they see her walking around holding the baby during a full moon. But this is the part where I was like, is this real or is this fake? So in 1991, there was a photographer there named Judy Huffels, and she took this picture of the white lady sitting on a tombstone. And when she took it, she thought it was just, you know, somebody there sitting on it. She just looked like a normal chick, like in a dress type of thing. And the weird thing with her apparition is like, yeah, she's kind of transparent, but it's not like as transparent as you'd think, like how it is in movies and whatnot. So it looked like an alive person. And in the picture, it looks like a pretty solid fucking person. So that's why I'm like, "Eh, I don't know how to feel about this. But this picture has been in the Chicago Sun-Times. It's been in different publications, different paranormal industry books. And she was featured on the Travel Channel's, like, The Most Terrifying Places, one of those specials, shows, things. That's how I saw the picture. Like, I feel like it's legit, but it's one of those things that's so weird that you're like, there's no way this could be real. But people really do believe that this is one of the most, like, concrete photo evidence of there being, you know, more after you die type of thing. Nice. Now, our next ghost, he is called The Farmer. And it's described as possibly the creepiest haunt there. So the story goes, in 1870, there was a man plowing a field next to the cemetery, and his horse got scared, and it drug him into the pond, and they both drowned. Now, like I mentioned, this pond's already creepy because this is the same pond that's rumored to have the uh, mob victims in there as well. So, you know, but police first reported seeing a, quote, hunchback specter crawl out of the pond at night. No, no. Yeah. And reports of him have been seen as early as the 70s as well. And when they depicted him, when I watched that special, because they mentioned him too, he did not look scary like that. He just looked like a farmer, pretty much. Didn't look scary. But when I was reading about this, I was like, oh, God, no, thank you. No, thank you. And people have also said that there's been a two-headed ghost, but nothing more specific. So (laughs) apparently people got freaked the fuck out and were like, "Mm, I'm out. Goodbye. (laughs) And also another one is a caretaker, which I feel like we see a lot of those. I don't know. It just seems like these spirits always feel like they have to stay and, you know, do their work kind of thing, which makes me sad. But he's described as a man in his late 70s carrying a shotgun and a lantern on the pathway between the cemetery entrance and the woods. So if you see him, he usually tells you to leave (laughs) and then it said occasionally chases people out (laughs) occasionally depends how you uh what impression you give him 
And with the caretaker, there's often a black dog. They said it looks like a Doberman type of dog. And that usually it's what's with him kind of chasing people out or doing the chasing. So if you're scared of dogs, this may not be the place for you. And what was interesting, and I only saw it come up on one place, it, but I thought it was still worthy to mention. Apparently, starting back in like 1984-ish, people saw figures dressed in monks' robes throughout the cemetery. So there's this group of spirits they just call the religious monks. So that's kind of interesting. I don't know if there's any like monasteries nearby or whatnot. And then the last one on my little list here is the yellow man. And this one is said to be the most kind of like newly discovered spirit. So in 2009, a ghost hunter wanted to have an inexperience with the white lady because that's like one of the most famous ones, right? And uh, no, she met the yellow man. And she said that when she was setting up her stuff, she heard someone over by the Shields family plot. And when she turned around, she saw a yellow apparition of a man in 1930s clothing. And ever since then, there's in this area, there's been a yellow light that will pop up similar to the blue orbs, but only in this area. And they do have some ghost hunting tips for you if you decide to go visit here. They said that they recommend using an infrared camera to take pictures. A standard camera may not capture apparitions during the day, but the infrared ones can. That is what was used for the picture of the white lady that was taken because that photographer was there in the daytime, of course. And they also recommend that you come during the weekdays and in the winter to avoid all the crowds. So, you know, you don't want to be in an investigation with a bunch of people interrupting you. So they're like, the perfect time is to come like on a Tuesday afternoon in January, which would be very fucking cold. (laughs) But, you know, you would have your privacy. You would have your privacy. Right. So that is my take on the Bachelor's Grove Cemetery. I thought it was an interesting little spooky place, but if you have ever been there, please let us know. We would love to know any experiences you had, or even if you have any other cemetery experiences, we would love to know. Jessica and I have been to a different haunted cemetery with our podcast friends. We may cover in a future episode, but again, we want to say thank you to Ashley for supporting the show and suggesting this topic to us. It was very interesting and spooky, and I think great for this month of October. But with that, we will see you on Monday for another regular episode. Bye, guys. Bye.